0: Welcome to the FT's Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Anna Dedder from the Comment and Analysis Desk. In this podcast, Jamie Smith finds Gina Reinhardt, Australia's richest person, poised to achieve her greatest ambition. Dubbed the Iron Lady for her toughness and her mining interests, she's about to open a mine at a bad time for iron ore, the biggest gamble of her career. The project is also at the centre of a family feud. It has taken two decades to develop, $11 billion of investment to build and is at the centre of a bitter family feud. But Gina Reinhardt, Australia's richest person, is finally poised to achieve her ambition and that of her late father, Lang Hancock, to develop, own and operate an iron ore mine. This is the holy grail she has been aspiring to her whole life. It's Gina's crowning glory, says Michael Yabsley, a former advisor of the Royal Hill project that formally opens next month. The first ore exports from Roy Hill, 1,100 kilometres from Perth, will be a landmark moment for Hancock Prospecting, a private company controlled by the 61-year-old heiress who has earned the nickname Iron Lady as much for her uncompromising personality as the commodity that built her family's fortune. Up to now, Hancock Prospecting has earned most of its revenues by claiming royalties on iron ore tenements, government permits for the exploration and development of land, which were discovered in the Pilbara region of Western Australia and developed by mining companies such as Rio Tinto. But by partnering with steelmakers in Japan, Taiwan and South Korea and executing the world's largest mine financing deal, Mrs Reinhardt is transforming a company founded 60 years ago by her prospector father into a rival of Rio, BHP Billiton and Brazil's Vale. Following the biggest mining investment boom since the 1850s gold rush, a phenomenon driven by China's rapacious appetite for steel to build its cities, these mining companies are now reining back investment and slashing costs. Mrs Reinhardt, in contrast, is making the biggest gamble of her career. Critics say her prize project, in which she owns a 70% stake, could not be opening at a worse time, as a cooling Chinese economy dampens demand for the ore, the key ingredient in steel. Iron ore prices have fallen to $53 since peaking at $190 in 2011, and some analysts forecast Roy Hill will struggle to turn a profit. It is a high hurdle given the significant upfront capital expenditure, says Ivan Zipkowski, commodities analyst at Citi. The round in commodity prices and slowdown in mining investment are hurting the Australian economy, which is growing at an annual rate of 2% of gross domestic product. Below its long-term trend of above three percent, it is also eating into Mrs. Reinhardt's fortune, which BRW magazine estimates at fourteen billion Australian dollars, down from a peak of twenty-nine billion Australian dollars in 2012, when it listed the executive chairman of Hancock Prospecting as the world's richest woman. Mrs. Reinhardt, referring to Hancock Prospecting acquisition of the Roy Hill tenements in 1992, says. Everyone involved in our company at the time, and others outside our company also, thought it was the wrong decision. I was acting against the recommendations of key staff, but I shared my father's vision and desire for Northern development. Her steely determination in developing Roy Hill is a feature of Mrs Reinhardt's business career, but one that has caused her to fall out spectacularly with friends, advisors and even family. On top of the challenges of financing and developing the mine, Mrs Reinhardt is being sued by two of her four children, who are seeking to strip ownership of some of the most valuable iron ore tenements, including Roy Hill, from Hancock Prospecting, and reduce her controlling stake in the company to 51%, down from 76%. The bitter legal wrangle has become a distraction for the company as it prepares to move into production. If she suffers a defeat in the pending court case, it could weaken Mrs. Reinhardt's grip on Hancock prospecting. John Hancock, her only son, says his mother was meant to look after our interests. Instead, she transferred assets out of our trust. A spokesman for Hancock prospecting rejects this claim and says it will strenuously defend it in court. In a separate legal action in May, Mrs. Reinhardt lost control of a multi-billion dollar family trust at the center of the feud when a judge appointed her estranged eldest daughter Bianca as trustee. The family row now has focused attention on the publicity shy mining magnet and this year inspired a television miniseries, The House of Hancock. Mrs. Reinhardt responded to the broadcast by suing Channel 9 and Cordell Jigsaw, the production company that made the series. This case is still proceeding through the courts along with others aimed at maintaining her control of the business, defending her reputation and challenging dissent. Adele Ferguson, author of an unauthorised biography of Mrs Reinhardt, says, She is a very controlling person. She is very litigious, not just taking action, but also appealing cases all the way to the High Court. Following the death of her father, Lang Hancock, in 1992, Mrs Reinhardt fought a legal battle over the Arnor Magnate's estate with his widow, Rose Porteous. Believing the former Filipino maid had somehow hastened Mr Hancock's death, she spent years lobbying Western Australian Attorney Generals for an inquest to be held into the death. When it was finally held in 1999, the coroner found Mr Hancock had died of natural causes. The two women settled their legal dispute in 2003. Ron Manners, a friend of Mrs Reinhardt, says, I'm not sure it's fair to say litigation is an obsession for Gina. I would say that a lot of the litigation matters that crop up she sees as a blowfly on a cow that needs to be swatted. Mrs Reinhardt uses her wealth to defend her reputation, lobby politicians and promote free market ideology, according to Miss Ferguson. Angry with media coverage of her affairs and the climate change debate, an issue where she has supported the views of sceptics, Mrs Reinhardt bought a stake in Fairfax, accumulating as much as 18% of one of Australia's largest and most liberal newspaper groups, at one point before selling out earlier this year. As the company's biggest shareholder she demanded seats on the board but was refused because she would not sign its charter of editorial independence. Hancock Prospecting sold the stake but did not go quietly issuing a statement that the media group had no workable plan to revive the company. In 2010 the billionaire mining magnate co-financed a campaign against the then Labour government's planned mining tax which helped to weaken Prime Minister Kevin Rudd's grip on power. Wayne Swan, Labour MP and Treasurer in the Rudd administration, says, Under Tony Abbott, never before was the Liberal Party so captured by vested interests, and Gina Reinhart was part of that. Defending her opposition to the Labour programme, Mrs Reinhart says, I opposed bad policies like any responsible citizen and business can. The carbon tax and the mining tax were both bad policies that combined worked to make Australia more overregulated and less cost-competitive. In an interview with the broadcaster ABC in July, she said, I think when you grow up, cement floors, tin roofs, having to amuse yourself, you know, the importance of work, I think these are the benefits that I've had. In 1952, according to company legend, Hancock discovered vast tracts of iron ore while flying low over the Pilbara landscape in his Auster aircraft to avoid a storm. He registered his tenement claims, which made the family fortune, and, according to Mrs Reinhardt, transformed Western Australia from a, quote, mendicant state, relying on handouts. Hancock had a vision of developing his own iron ore mine, a riskier but potentially more lucrative business than relying on royalty payments from miners. But by the time he died in 1992... He had not raised the vast sums required, and the company was deep in debt. John McRobert, her authorised biographer, says, Mrs Reinhardt was an heiress, but she took the company from the edge of extinction after some bad decisions by her father, and built it right up. But while Mrs Reinhardt inherited her entrepreneurial gene, and similarly hands-on approach to business from her father, colleagues insist she is no gambler. She sold a 30% stake in the Roy Hill project to Chubans Marubeni Corporation, South Korea's POSCO and Taiwan's China Steel Corporation to share project risk and lock in key customers in 2012 when the iron ore price was above $100 a ton and bumper profit margins were expected. The steelmakers have signed up to take half of Roy Hill's iron ore while a further 43% of its production is pre-contracted mainly to China. This leaves only a small amount exposed to spot market prices. This hard bargaining was demonstrated early In 2005, she dented Anglo-Americans' ambition of becoming a major player in the Pilbara iron ore market and won a legal battle to buy it out of a proposed joint venture, the Hope Downs Mine Project. She later partnered with Rio Tinto in a deal on Hope Downs which generated billions of dollars of profit and laid the foundations for Hancock Prospecting to develop Roy Hill. Sam Walsh, Rio Tinto chief executive and a friend, says, Hard work is part of her DNA. Nothing has been handed to her. But as she stands on the brink of achieving her lifelong ambition, Mrs. Reinhardt's difficult relationship with her two eldest children, John Hancock and Bianca Reinhardt, threatens to diminish her fortune and loosen her grip on the company she has managed so effectively since her father died. In May, they won a bitter three year court battle with their mother to gain control of a trust left to them by Mrs. Reinhardt's father that controls almost 24% of Hancock prospecting. It was revealed in the case that Mrs Reinhardt had secretly extended the date they would draw down the trust to 2068 without informing the children. She later warned them that they would be bankrupted if they accessed the trust due to tax charges, sending them advice from PwC to that effect. Judge Paul Brereton ruled Mrs Reinhardt went to extraordinary lengths to maintain control of the family trust and exerted, quote, enormous pressure and great influence to do so. He said some of the actions closely approached intimidation and found she manipulated PwC to provide advice contrary to information it had already given. But Judge Brereton dismissed the claim that Mrs Reinhardt improperly amended the constitution of Hancock Prospecting in 2006 to the detriment of the Trust's beneficiaries. John Hancock says, The problem is she has never been able to understand the difference in running Hancock Prospecting and of being the trustee to our Trust. He complains his mother reduced payments from the Trust when they fell out in the mid-2000s. He adds, In her mind, she can justify anything in order to get the iron ore mines developed, but she could have achieved that without trampling on our rights and our grandfather's wishes. The two children are now pursuing another lawsuit, which alleges Mrs Reinhardt wrongfully transferred Hope Downs and Roy Hill, the two most valuable assets from the Trust, to Hancock Prospecting. They also claim the Trust should control 49% of Hancock Prospecting, more than double the 24% it currently holds. If successful, the children would receive the majority of the profits from these assets rather than Mrs Reinhardt, who has unsuccessfully attempted to have the case dismissed. In a statement, Hancock Prospecting said, These matters are presently before the court, adding that It is not appropriate that they be commented upon. The matters will strenuously be defended in the appropriate forum. It adds, It is with regret and disappointment that parties to litigation should choose to air their views outside court, particularly where those views show scant regard for accuracy or adherence to the actual issues in dispute. In the ABC interview, Mrs Reinhardt said the children did not appreciate her efforts in building the business and increasing the value of what's in the trust, and implied her actions were geared towards making them stand on their own feet. They say that if you give children too much, they don't get the joy out of work. They just want the unearned things to keep falling from the sky, Mrs Reinhardt said. Observers say the legal dispute cries out for a settlement, which would remove a costly distraction for Hancock prospecting, just as Roy Hill moves into production. But with tens of billions of dollars at stake, and feelings running high on both sides, it is impossible to predict the outcome. Mr Hancock says, My relationship with my mother is complex. At times I think it is irreconcilable, especially when all the difficulties she has put me through was so unnecessary. But Bianca and I recognize her contribution to the development of the family assets. I've always said we would operate very well as a team. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus...